Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you. What was your key takeout from today's session? By writing a review in Apple Podcasts with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will send you a personalized cosmic blueprint for free. It's a report based on your unique birth chart to discover your true calling and how you can best make a difference in the world. Thank you. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest. We have the beautiful Nikki Clinch. Nikki is a master maturation coach and facilitator and integrative holistic counselor, host of the Soul Surgery podcast and author of Surrender, Break Free of Your Past, Realize Your Power, Live Beyond Your Story. This book will walk you through a powerful, life-changing journey of self-love and transformational surrender. Nikki teaches you how to access the power within you, dissolve the internal suffering of your mind and release all that you are carrying that you are not so that you can come home to your authentic self and live beyond your story. Alongside a deep thought-provoking inquiry process with practical journaling exercises, Surrender is an empowering deep dive inquiry of your own consciousness, integrating life-changing healing in body, mind, heart and soul. Nikki has lived and experienced everything she teaches. Nikki guides people through powerful processes to break free from the stories and wounds that are confining them from their past to embody their authentic self and live with a deeper sense of alignment, wholeness and freedom. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, I'm excited today about our guest. We've got the beautiful Nikki Clinch. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. I'm so happy to be here and hello to everybody listening. I am super excited to have you on the show and I can't wait to get into it. So the way that we love to start the show is we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Nikki, tell us, what inspired you to do what you do today? 
Oh, I love that question. Um, I <laughs> I feel like I, I could answer that question forever just because it's always so amazing to reflect back and to see, you know, where I've come from and, and what what unfolds in life when you don't expect it. Um, you know, my unique story is 22 years ago and every year I get interviewed that obviously that gets longer and longer and I feel older. Um, 22 years ago, you know, I was a fall down drunk, drug addict, bulimic, the whole shebang. And I was in a really bad way. And, you know, I was young, but I had already been lost in addiction for a decade. Um, and I was one of those ones that was told at such a young age that if I was going to carry on the way I was going, there was no way that I was going to make it to 30. Um, and I remember the last few days of that phase of my life. I was extremely unwell, um, underweight. I'd been fired from every job I'd ever been in. I was thousands of pounds in debt. I had hurt everyone I'd loved. And I was very alone. Um, and I look back on those days, those last few days, and I, I can honestly say it wasn't the drugs or the alcohol or the addiction that was going to take me out. It was how low my own self-worth was, how little I thought of myself. And I write about that in the book. That was the part that was breaking my soul. And when I hit, I finally hit rock bottom. I had a morning when I woke up, the usual kind of morning. I had a few moments of reprieve when I forgot about how I was living and who I was. And then it would all come flooding in, the thoughts in my mind, you know, the shame, the emotions. And I would get up, I got up that morning and I just started walking through my flat and something just kind of hit me. I, I don't know what it was, but something just hit me and I just, broke down. And I was sobbing on my living room floor for, I felt like eternity. And I, I remember just saying these words, I don't know how to do this, help. And in that moment, it was such a full surrender for me. Something started to break. And it was like, it was like something peaceful came to sit next to me and I started to hear different possibilities. You know, within an hour I was in a doctor's office asking for help. Within a day I was in treatment and I was given the, the choice. Do I, do I change everything about how I am living this life or do I not make it? And I chose life. And, you know, my journey over 22 years has, it's not been a quick fix. It has been layer after layer after layer. At the beginning, it was very sort of simple things of learning how to feed myself, how to not get high, how to just do these sort of basics of everyday living. And after a while, it just got deeper and deeper. And I started to, to, realized that this was the most important thing to me in my life, in life. After about 10 years, I 
I was, you know, my life looked very different. I, I was now pretty healthy. I was clean. I was, um, I was in, in a job. I had, I was in a relationship and I, I just felt so extraordinarily grateful to have this second chance in life. And I knew that I knew that I had to do something to make it really mean something for myself. Um, my stepfather died suddenly that year and it really just woke me up to the impermanence of life. You know, any day it, this could be it. And I know that can sound morbid, but for me, it was like, wow, I better do something that really means something to me. So within a few months, I, I went back to school. I trained. I trained in Chinese medicine. I trained as a um, as an integrative counselor. I, I I started studying about how, you know, um, trauma, emotions impact our energy field, our emotions, our physical body, our physical health. I started to to learn about the mind. I started to learn about human behavior, and I just kept diving deeper and deeper and deeper into training. And eventually, I I. I started birthing a business. Now it started off with just one person and then another person and then another person. And as the years went by, it just became very clear to me that this was not a job. This is why I'm here. This is why I had the moments where I got to choose which way do I go. Um, you know, often a lot of people ask me, Nikki, how do I find my purpose? Well, I always say, well, you don't have to look for it. If you keep if you keep doing the healing, if you keep dedicating yourself to your own healing, you come more and more at home into alignment and your purpose will find you. It will hit you in the face and you won't be able to deny it. And that is that's life stream for us is to is to come into alignment with who we were born to be here. So that's how I end up doing what I'm doing. <laughs> wow, I love, I have so many questions. The first one you mentioned about uh, a lack of self-worth, which was breaking my soul. And we have yes. a lot of uh, guests on the show that talk about the lack of self-worth. Mm. How did you get through uh, I guess that barrier of lacking of self-worth, what was it for you? Well, I mean, I, 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 I want to start by saying this is not an overnight fix. You know, it's this, it's a, it's a lifelong relationship of healing. You know, I think the most common, the, co the most common pain and suffering for human beings on our planet is, is this, this incessant, belief that we're not enough. And I don't think I've met anyone that doesn't experience that at some level. And this, this, I'm not enough as I am, that somehow, somehow I should be different, or somehow it should be different. And, you know, that in itself is at the core of so much of our human suffering. Now, for me, the first step was to even surrender to the point where I could even 
feel that not enoughness. I was doing everything I could to hide from it, run from it. I was trying to prove to the world that I was enough, that I am good enough. And I kept getting into fights and conflict and I was burning myself out and getting into all sorts. So the first step of surrender is to even allow yourself to feel that very vulnerable, raw place where, you know, you don't know the answers, but you know that it's there and can you actually feel it and be with it. And from that space, we can actually start to build something new. You know, for me, it started off in very simple steps of what is love today? Not what is right or what is good. What actually is love today? And for me, it was very basic. It was how, how do I need to love my body today? How do I need to love my heart today? How do I need to love my mind today? Um, you know, I remember at the early stages of my recovery, I, I was no longer getting high and I was no longer, you know, I didn't look like the big old mess that I was in. I was actually looking very tidy and acceptable and presentable to the world, but I was still kind of struggling and I would push myself and I would run seven, eight days a week for hours. And I realized, hold on a second, I'm just replacing all that stuff that I was doing in addiction with, with good stuff. Uh, and I, that was when I started asking myself, oh, do I even, do I even like running or am I doing this for another reason? what actually feels like love today? Is it rest or is it running? Uh, what feels like love today? Is it listening to myself and, and staying home or is it going out and socializing? And that was, I, that was like a, over two, three, four, four, five years of really learning how to listen, asking myself these questions and then listening for the answers and then being willing to show up and take care. Now, then it got deeper. Then it was like, okay, where does this I'm not enough, this unworthiness even come from? You know, I realized, and this is where we get into the deeper work of, of how the mind works and the stories that we get create that, that we create, you know, um, I'm wondering whether I should go into it this now <laughs> or whether you're going to ask me another question because oh, this is a big go, one. <laughs> go go with the flow. Whatever feels okay. like coming up for you right now, let's go with it. You know, the nature of the mind, the human mind, there are three kind of truth bombs when it comes to the nature of the human mind. And this is all human minds. <laughs> this is universal. The mind cannot distinguish between reality and imagination. And the mind cannot distinguish between past and present. And then the first, third truth bomb is the mind cannot tell time. So, um, you know, I was really believing that I, who I am is unworthy. And my and the way in which I was experiencing myself in life was evidence to that story. Even when I started getting clean, even when things started looking prettier and nicer and tidier and more presentable to society, I was still 
coming from this place of I'm not worthy, I would I would have to prove myself to the world. Why why does anyone have to prove themselves to the world? Because they don't feel worthy inside. So I started to go even deeper and I realized that when I started doing much, much deeper work, I realized that from my childhood, you know, I had made up beliefs and stories around what had occurred in my childhood. I had I had made my mother's rage or my mother's depression mean that I'm I must be not enough right otherwise she would be different otherwise she would be happy otherwise she would be smiling otherwise she would she would want to come and play with me today you know we as we we as children we make up stories around what is happening around us and those stories you see the mind doesn't distinguish whether that's reality or imagination those stories become what we identify with what we attach ourselves to and that has such an impact into how we see the world and how we experience ourselves in the world so i started to see that this i'm not worthy had become like an identity i was attached to and i really started to do the work of of unraveling and dissolving these stories that i had told myself that really felt real so, you know, it's there was a 3D level of healing and then it went much, 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 much deeper into the ontological work. <laughs> wow, that is big. And I think as I'm listening to you, it's it's um, you've really had almost like a breakdown to get through your or go, go through a breakthrough, which is what you're talking about. I love the, fa- the, the, the fact that when you were talking about something started to break and then you were able to hear the different possibilities. I'm curious if we know, because you were talking about the human mind, right? The three realities or the three, I guess, the the truth bombs that, you know, the, the mind cannot distinguish between reality or imagination, past, present or time. Yeah. How does one surrender? Because we're talking about these are deeply ingrained patterns, Uh, and programs from Mm -hmm. when we were at a very young age through our development years so how does one surrender to those patterns and programs or even become aware of them yes so I think and that's a really really good question and you know this is what this is what I've written the book about you know it begins with the opening chapter of my book is called the beginning of the end Now, I know that sounds like a really morbid way to open a book, but the reason why I called it that is because everybody that I've that's ever come to work with me um, and everyone that I see that begins to go through this transformational process always, almost always begins with an ending. And that may be the ending of an idea of who you are, or maybe an ending of a relationship, or the ending of some kind of health, um, your health, or something is starting to show its cracks. And it invites, it invites you to experience a point of instability of what you thought was stable and rock solid about you and your life. And that's not easy. That requires invites a surrender now in that in that is an opportunity you know how do we start to do the work where we where we start to even see these patterns you know we can't see our blind spots that's the problem 
we don't even know they're there. They're blind spots are when we don't know what we don't even know. So we just think that's our life until, until something starts to crack and we go through this point of instability. Now, in that point, if you really want to dive deeper to to get an understanding, a deeper understanding of how of your patterns, the real questions are is to start looking into your life at the points that keep repeating themselves. You know, we think most of the time in our world, we think that the patterns themselves are the problems and we need to find the thing out there that's going to fix it. If I can just find the right thing, then finally this pattern will stop. And, you know, and we will look at for anything. We'll look for, we'll even use yoga and meditation as a way to try and fix this pattern. And the problem is, is that we just keep going round and round and round on a hamster wheel um, and and it, it doesn't ever really change. We may change the outside aspects of our life. We'll change the job, we'll change the boyfriend, we'll change the, the body, we'll change the home. And somehow we always kind of end up back in the same experience of who we are in the world. And so the real question is, is when when you're done with that, is to start looking at the patterns, not as the problems, but as the gateways in. What are the aspects in your life that are repeating themselves? Like really get honest with yourself and go, wow, look how every single relationship I've ever had has ended after two years. Or look how, no matter how many times I change my job, I always end up feeling unheard, not important um, and like I'm not safe. Or no matter how many times I practice yoga, I always end up feeling like the person in the room that doesn't get it. You know, these things that we just become normalized to, these points about who we think we are that we just kind of ride over and we look outside ourselves for the answers. These are the points that are the gateways in. And that's, that's how I begin the book. It's like, actually those, those pain points aren't there for you to be fixed. Therefore they're there to show you the way. I so love that. Fantastic. I love the fact that you uh, actually say that the patterns are the gateways in because the patterns are, it's true. It's not the problem. They're almost like the, or it's it's almost like the effect of the root cause of our problem. Because it's true, like I can relate to that. Like when you were talking about relationships, I'm like, tick, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. But the common denominator was always me, just different people. So the, the, oh, the yes. root cause <laughs> of that problem was really about my, and it goes as far down as, you know, self-worth. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough of love. So I could relate to everything that you were saying. One thing yes. that came to mind, though, when you were talking about uh, in your first chapter, by the way, for our listeners, the book is called Surrender, Break Free From, uh, Break Free of Your Past, Realize Your Power, Live Beyond Your Story. 
So when you were saying with your first chapter, is it something like having the end in mind to work, to start working through like reverse engineer, once you have the end in mind, what the outcome is, then you, you, you come back into the present time and reverse engineer your problem. Is that similar to what you were talking about or not? Not really. Yeah. What I'm speaking about is something has cut co- is coming to an end that you can't control anymore. So, you know, and this is a big statement, but I'm going to make it anyway. Most of the time, what we call our life is a series of reactions, uh, compulsive reactions, um, one after the other. It's like I feel something and I'll react and then I'll feel something and then I'll react and then I'll feel something and I'll react. And, and we build, this is just the nature of human behavior, we build all these intricate strategies in order to make sure that the world knows that we're worthy or in order to make sure that um, I'm going to get heard today or to make sure that I'm not going to be invisible, depending on whatever the, the root story is for you. Now, the ending I speak about is when some kind of patent, well, some kind of survival strategy or whatever we've been using um, to get by starts to come to an end. Like it just doesn't quite work anymore. And that could be anything. It can be like, I literally just interviewed someone before I came on um, here who was speaking about out of nowhere, this huge, her, her relationship with her boyfriend ended. And it felt like a death. Like she, she thought it, they were going to be there together forever. Now she's out the other side and it's given her the biggest transformation of her life. Or, it, you know, it could be, you know, I had a client come to me and I write about this client in the book. She came to me and she said, Nikki, I did everything. I, I did everything I said I was going to do. I got the job. I got the house. I got the husband. I got the body, I got the money in the bank, I, got, I did everything I said I was going to do. Why am I not happy? You know, something just doesn't quite work anymore. You know, for that client, she, she used getting all the perfect stuff as a way of coping through her life. And then she finally got to a point where she was like, this is, this is not working. And that's what I mean by an ending. It could be big or it could be small. It could be that I remember for me, my addiction was a way of escaping. But after a while, it wasn't working anymore. I wasn't, it, it wasn't giving me an escape anymore. And eventually that led to me hitting a rock bottom and an ending. You know, we go through a million billion different endings in our life. Um, you can call them deaths. That can be the beginning of a rebirth. Um, they can be an idea of who you thought you were. Um, it can be um, a, a way in which your relationships always are. It can be anything. But in relation to who you are in your life, it is an ending. If we allow it to be an ending. And what I start, why I start there with the book is I say endings are never really endings. They're beginnings in disguise. So true. So true. I think that, you know, when we, I mean, I think I talk about the dark night of the soul. Um, I've had many of those experiences, but if anything, they have uh, helped me and catapulted me forward. And the learnings that I've uh, gained from those moments are profound. And I, I, I really think that it's, it's, once again, it's the meaning that we give every situation. I love the fact that you were saying that our life really is a whole, um, 
ways of how we react to then what unfolds. It's almost like the yellow brick road, there's road that sort of unfolds in front of us. So depending on how we, whether we respond or react to the situation is where, you know, I guess what we're inviting in for our next experience or adventure. So I love the way yes. you describe that. Yes. And you know what, there's a, dis- there's a quite a, a big distinction between reaction and response, you know, reaction is a repeated action. It's a repeated habitual action. You know, the feeling of uh, abandonment comes back in, which probably is a repeated, it's probably a common familiar experience for someone, certainly was for me and is for me. And then the way in which I react to that in the world, in my life, that then leads to a, a repetitiveness of how things unfold. Now, reaction is where we don't really have any conscious choice. It just happens. It's automatic. It's default. Action or response response is where we are able to have consciousness and we are able to choose consciously. Now, those are two very different things. Reaction is when something is living you Action or response is where we get to consciously choose how we wish to live. Mm, it's so true because reaction reaction really comes from that deeper part of our unconscious mind, isn't it? It's like it's it's more like an emotional. You react. It's whatever bubbles yes. up for you at that time. Yes, I often say it's the past creating your future. Mm. that's what reaction is (laughs) I love that it is it is because you are you're bringing stuff from your past into your present and thus projecting that into your future yes exactly and you don't even know you're doing it you we think that that's our life Mm. and that that's where that's where the blind spot is and and you know I think that's if we're lucky, and I think I, I, I think it's happening more often than now. We were saying before we pressed record, the great awakening. Um, life may come along and gift you with an opportunity that makes you start to really question, oof, is this how I really want to be living? Or is there another way? Mm. And it's really important when you ask really profound, I journal every day, and I think that sometimes I even just ask myself questions and I just listen to hear the response. And yeah. asking thought-provoking questions, I think, is another way to to create your life. I, I love the fact that you actually said before when you were saying that your purpose will find you. It's very yes. opposite to I've come here and I need to know what my purpose is, so therefore I know how to live my life. You've completely flipped it and say live your life and the purpose will find you. Yes, and I think – and I'm the same when it comes to questions – ask the questions and live in the questions and the answers will find you rather than going around trying to grasp and look and search for the answers. Now, I mean, these are subtle distinctions, but they are quite, they are distinctions. Being able to live in a question is living in in an inquiry. It's living in an open, alive, curious state of inquiry. grasping and searching for answers has like a a tight contraction about it. We, there's no openness. There's no listening. When we ask questions and we don't know what the answers are, we have to, we have to be in a state of listening. Mm. 
listening to life, listening to something deeper in ourselves. And we can only really listen if we don't know, if we haven't got a predetermined answer waiting for us. You see, most of us don't listen. Most of us are just waiting for the for the person to stop speaking so that we can talk. <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> if we're really listening, we don't know what's coming next. But we are willing to be in this engaged, active state with life. We're listening to what needs to come next. We're listening and, and in that we can respond. Mm, so true, so true. I love that. So the other thing that I'm curious about is surrender. And I'm mm. just going to play it out and see what you, you think. Let's say I journal every day. I do the deep work. I do the deep inquiry. I'm very conscious of some of these patterns. And and I was just having this conversation the other day with a friend. It's like I don't wake up like this. I do the work. It's every day. I show up every day. Regardless of how I'm feeling, I show up every day and I do the work. Mm-hmm. How do you surrender, like completely let go? Because I know for me it's almost like I set my intentions on a daily basis. It, there's this almost a sense of uh, not control but almost control. How do yes. I just completely let go? Because I do. I always say I trust in the process because that's what I keep hearing, trust the process. But how yes. does one really surrender let go? Well, I mean, I think that's ah, – it's a difficult – it's a question I get asked a lot, obviously, now with the book coming out. And it's a hard one to answer as a tangible kind of 3D answer. How do you surrender and let go? Because surrender is actually a non-action. <laughs> surrender is not a doing thing. It's something that requires an undoing. And, you know, I think what you speak about – you know, the getting up every day and you're doing the work. Like that is that is a lot of people's experience in the world. Um, they get up every day, they'll do their morning routine, they'll do the yoga, they'll do they'll 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 do it good. And I I did the same. But and 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 let's let's inquire together here. In that you even you could have you said you were starting to sort of notice there's an aspect of control. Now the question is where are you where are you coming from in doing the work and what is it that you hope the work will will do or give you mm. and i'd love to ask you that question yeah like, sure. gen- yeah. So I think for me, it's it's the the thing that keeps coming up for me. It's not about doing anymore. It's about being. Yeah. And so I'm constantly asking the question every day: What is it that I need to let go of? And I've made massive changes. Like I used to write blogs every week. Now I've gone to every month. Mm. Um, mm. I've done lots of changes. I used to do weekly videos. Now I'm doing something different. So yes. I, I keep listening. What else do I need to let go of? Because it is to me, it's about uh, being. So surrendering to. Um, my way of being is what I'm practicing. But I still feel by doing that, there's a level of showing up every day, writing in my journal, asking those thought-provoking questions. And Mm -hmm. there's still, I feel like there's still a sense of, maybe control is not the right word. It's, it's almost like creation. That's probably the better word. It's a creation. But yes. it's still, I still feel like there's a co-creation, 
right? Yes, and when I think yes. about surrendering, I think of like really letting go, letting go yep. completely, surrendering, absolutely do nothing, which is almost impossible for me. Well, I want to, I just want to touch on that. Surrender is not doing nothing. Actually, surrender. And, and this is, and thank you for bringing this up because a lot of people see surrender this way. Surrender is not doing nothing. Surrender actually is an extremely active state. It requires all your consciousness and all your presence to be in an active space of surrender. Surrender is an active, alive space. Now, the real invitation is, 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 is how much are we willing to be in the not knowing? Because you said this yourself, you don't wake up like this. No, you don't wake up like this because you're human. Every human, it is the nature of human being to have a self-reflecting mind. You know, we have this, this incredible mind and it was part of evolution that we have this mind that's different to how other animals have a mind. And, and our mind, the purpose of our mind is to help us survive. That's the design function of the mind. So if you are human, which everyone listening I'm sure is, you will have this self-reflective mind that will be, its design function is to look for all the ways in which it can help you survive today. It will look for all the ways in which you need to find out how you're going to survive. And, and so that is, that's the nature of the human condition. The problem is, is that most of, most people think that what they hear in the mind is their life. And, and that leads to a series of reactions and, and strategies. Now, surrender is being able to continually allow yourself to be in a space of not knowing. Now, I'm not, none of this is easy, but it's like, actually, do we really know? What do we really know for certain today? Like, really? Mm. Well, what do we, well, there's many things that you could, uh, you could say, many things that we really know, like from, from us, when we're talking about knowing the things that are, you're talking about knowing as in the things that are, uh, present. Well, let's go deep into it. Like, what is it? What do we really know for certain when we wake up in the morning the do sun. we really know for certain that the sun will rise that day? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's what I was going to say, that, but I wasn't sure that's where you were going. Absolutely, the sun is going to rise. Okay, but do we know that? Well, we don't. Well, maybe not, because I mean, if it was going to be <laughs> the end of the world, then it won't. <laughs> well, I think this is this is where I'm going with this. And it doesn't always have to go this deep, but it is this deep. It's like, actually, we live in a way as if we know what's going to happen next. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the way that we cope. That's the way that we go through the world. That's the way that we can function. And it's useful. It's actually really useful. But if we really are willing to ask ourselves, what do I really know for certain? Really? What do I really know for certain? 
You know, I remember when my stepfather died, the reason why it was so significant to me is because before, five minutes before he died, I genuinely knew for certain how my day was going to go that day. I knew for certain that I was going to get off the tube and I was going to get to my job and that was the way it was going to go. I knew for certain that there was a certain way in which the next hour was going to unfold for me. But then it didn't. Now, I use that as an example, but that really, you see, if we really allow ourselves to sit in this space of not knowing, it opens up a whole new space of aliveness. You know, when you sit in the garden and you're breathing in and out and you ask yourself, what do I really know for certain? It starts to allow you to be in the present moment in a whole new way. I'm writing this down. Uh, you know what's coming to me. <laughs> what do I really know for certain? And, and it's interesting. Um, as you're saying that, we, we don't really know. But one thing that did come up as you were saying it, surrender to me as you were describing it, it's really going with the flow and letting go of the how. Yes. Yeah, it's not really, it's, it's yeah. I've never looked at surrender as an active, alive space though, which is really, really good to, to get a, a different perspective on it. Yes. And I, I, I do love the not knowing because I know that, I always feel my way through life and there's always an inner knowing. So I always really listen to that. I call it intuitive intelligence. I always have that, this inner knowing and then I follow that inner knowing. But a lot of the time that inner knowing is not there. So it's, it's, it's the not knowing that's actually more present. Yes. If that makes sense. And you know, it's really only in this space you know, you do a lot of work on yourself. It's obvious that you do. And, uh, but most people aren't there. You know, it's most of the time, it's really hard to even hear or even to be in the unknown when we're caught in the stories of our mind. That's why I, that's why the last line of my subtitle is called and to live beyond the story. Most of us are living in the story thinking that's our life. And when we're living in the story thinking that's our life, we can't really listen to life, we can only hear the story. Mm. And so, you know, to, to live beyond that is to live in an active state of surrender. It, it invites us to live beyond what we think we know. And we do know for sure. Like I really, like when you're in it, you really think you know for sure. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we really knew that the world was flat. <laughs> and we really knew it like I mean I wasn't alive then but it was like that was fact until it wasn't and so there are so there is a million billion things in which we think we know for sure but do we and 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 we think we know that this is who I am I am the one that this happened to. I am the one that is like this, that life happens like this to me. And when we're in that place, we can't hear life. We can only hear the story. Mm. 
So, so true. There is an activity I do. I run this uh, program and there's an activity where we talk about, let's have a look at, and we do a draft of our story. And we do it from, because I, I, with the development years, from the time you're born right up to the age of seven, from seven to 14. And we have a look at the, the themes, like you were talking about, the patterns, the themes, the p- programs. And we mm-hmm. look at them as, and when we go to rewrite our story, it's stepping out of that identity or whatever yes. you want to call that personality or take the armor off and actually rewrite your story. And I guess to do that is to uh, not know, the not knowing of what you're about to create. But yes. letting, it's more of what do you need to let go of? And it's really focusing more of what is it that you need to let go of? Because I feel that there's so many people that keep on, what is it that I need to create? What is it that I need to manifest? And how can you truly manifest or create when you've got these narratives that are playing in the background, holding us back, telling us we're not good enough, not worthy enough or whatever that may be. And then you wonder why, hey, I just don't get my goals. Well, I'm not, I'm not really good at manifesting when really the deep work, like you said, the blind spots, we need to shine light on these blind spots, get rid of them. uh, And then be in the space, you've got to get, you know, you've got to create space, make space to create a new identity. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I called the book Surrender because, you know, everybody is trying to find the better version of themselves or they're trying to find the answer when actually the uh, the answers are not out there. Everything that we need to know will will come from a place of what we're willing to let go of. Letting go of what is not ours what we have absorbed that has defined who we are that is not who we are, um, what we are carrying, what we believe, what we feel that is just not, it's not our truth. Like there are so many layers, so much in which we can surrender and release. And it is a process of coming home to something that has always already been there but we've not been able to find it by looking outside it it and it's not it's not a process of adding anymore it's a process of letting go of what is not who you are that's why i called it surrender you know you're right creation like real creation is not just an, a series of doing actions creation is is actually birthing something completely new in the present moment and 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 it's a co-creation in the present moment with life you know we birth in the present moment but that it only becomes possible like you said if we are able to release and create enough spaciousness in order for something new to come through you see we can only have something new come through if we're willing to not know first mm. you know yeah the the knowing of it I mean, I tell this story in a book. It's a simple story, but it it, it kind of describes it so beautifully. There was a moment when I took my son for a walk and he's, he's little, he's a toddler. So he was walking down the street and he kept stopping every two seconds to look at stuff. He'd stop and he'd look at a leaf and he'd stop and he'd pick up a a stick. He'd stop and he'd pick up a a stone. And I noticed how I was getting really annoyed that he was taking so long uh, walking down this street. We had somewhere to get to. And 
and then I stopped and I was like, why on earth? Like, why is he looking at that leaf or that that stick or that stone? And then I realized, well, he's never see- he he doesn't know what that is. He's seeing it for the very first time. And then I, I slowed down even more and I was like, wow, I walk past that bush every day and I never look. Why? Well, because I already know what a bush looks like. I walk past that rose, that, that rose right there in front of me every day, but I never look. Why? Well, because I already know what a rose looks like. So I stopped and I really, really started to look at the rose. And I started to allow myself to look at it as if I have never seen a rose before. I, as if I do not know what a rose looks like. And I started to see parts of that rose that I had never known about a rose, that every single petal is different from the other one. That the way in which they are intricately formed around each other has a certain geometric pattern that I'd never really seen before. That there were aspects of it that I had never ever known. And that that process of self of discovery only became available when I was willing to not already know how a rose is. I love the way that you've just described that. So you just, in everything that you approach, act is active as if you don't know, because what it, that does, it opens you up for, uh, you know, with that curious mind. Yes. Like, I don't know it, what a rose looks like. Let's go in there with that lens. Like, I don't know. Exactly. And that is what I mean by surrender as an active, alive state. It, it invites us to be in this, this, this curious inquiry. And my goodness, the amount of possibility that becomes available there. I mean, we can't, it's, it's, it's unknown it's limitless but most of the time we don't live there we don't we don't actually live in aliveness we just we fill our lives with doing and we think that's our life but we're missing the aliveness in the process it's so true when you think about it now i get it it's like surrendering is letting go of the knowing and you yes. know, and I think this also opens up with uh, relationships as well, because yep. you know how present are we really when our partners or our children are speaking to us? Because we know what they're about to say. You know, yes. we know we we, li- we literally know the next word they're going to this kind of come out of their mouth. We know what they're going to talk uh-huh. about. But what about if you go in there not knowing what they're going to speak about and actually go in there with that curious mindset of not knowing? That is how we surrender to to learning more about our relationships and everything around us. I love it. I got it now. Thank you so much, Nikki. Yes. Well, you talk about relationships. I mean, that was actually the main, that's the main story I write about in the book. My husband and I had the same fight every, all the time for nine years. And then we ended up separating and that's the beginning of the book. And in the breakdown of our marriage, I started to discover so much that was unconsciously living our marriage. You know, when he spoke and, and, and the way that he would show up, I wasn't seeing him. 
I was seeing what I already thought I knew about him. I already know him. He he doesn't listen, or he doesn't do things that way, or he'll never he'll never he'll never hear this. Or I I wasn't actually seeing him. I was seeing who I already knew as him, which was my projection of him. And in the five months of our separation, we did this extraordinary amount of work um, on ourselves and with each other, where we started to really dissolve many, many, many layers that were that that were blocking our ability to really see each other in the present, not not filtered and projected from both our childhood stories, but in the present and being able to really listen to each other in the present, not projected and filtered from our childhood stories. And somehow in that, we were able to transform our marriage. And we really did. We really have a new marriage now. But it was such a huge learning. And that's why I write about it in the book. Um, It reminds me of uh, conscious living. So when we first meet our partner, we're conscious in the relationship. So we make sure that we speak nicely, the way that we eat, the way that we present ourselves. And then over time, we get very comfortable with our partners and thus we fall out of, or, you know, out of that, um, uh, we fall into that unconscious. These are the patterns. And this is what sometimes they call it the honeymoon period is over. And I think mm. this is what you speak about is very much about we go in there just very these old unconscious programs are playing out all the time and there really uh, is what is running our relationship until we go in there with a conscious present mindset. Yes. And, you know, there's that old saying, um, you know, there's always four people in the bed. There's you and then there's him and then there's both your childhoods. <laughs> so true. <laughs> And but most of the time, and we I mean, I'm laughing now, it's not funny when you're in it. You know, most of the time, what creates the conflict and the and the the disconnect in relationship is that you don't even realize that it's it's your two childhoods having the conversation rather than you and him uh, or you and her like you. But you don't know it. You just keep trying to talk to each other from this place of your projected childhood, uh, but you don't even know that you're not even seeing each other or listening to each other properly. Um, and and that's why that's why relationships are so challenging. That's why they cause so much suffering. But that's why they're also the invitation for enormous levels of transformation if we are willing to go there, if we're willing to look deeper. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Carl Jung, he also says that we attract uh our uh what we must learn but we actually attract our either mother or father as our relationship as part of our lessons absolutely the experience that you have of yourself in the relationship will be a direct mirror to you in the relationship with your mother as a child so it's the original relationship with intimacy so you know, that was what I started to see in my marriage when we were separated. I, I had spent nine years, every time we had the same fight, different details, same dynamic. 
I would, I would re I really believed if he just changed this, if he stopped doing that, if I could find someone else and I will find someone else. And I just was like, it's all out there. If they, these things could change, well, then I wouldn't feel the way that I feel. When, when we separated, I realized, oof, I, the way that I feel, have felt in my marriage, unheard, unlistened to, nothing I say will be heard, my needs can't be met. The way that I felt as me in that marriage was, is and was identical to how I felt as a little girl in my childhood with my mother. And my husband had the same. Uh, but we don't see that. We are looking out there hoping that they will change. Or if I find the right person, then this will go away. But we don't realize that we're already coming into life with this experience of intimacy, absorbed, imprinted. And we are the ones generating it. We're coming into life seeing from this place. Mm. And it goes. We can go. We could go on um, forever with this topic because I'm going at a whole, at a soul level as well. You know, we yeah. we you know agreed to to have this relationship and have these experiences. Yes. So, Nikki, I am loving this conversation. I would like to know: is there anything else that you would like to um, maybe tell us a little bit about your book, Surrender? Is there anything else? I know we've talked a lot about it, but is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? What what to expect out of the book? Well, you know, Surrender is is a is a journey in which I take you through through your own maturation. Maturation is a process of outgrowing who you thought you were and into who you were born to be. It's a process of outgrowing something that no longer fits and so you can grow into who you were born to be. And I walk you through a very, very step-by-step um, -step process of self-inquiry and meditations and practices through each chapter of the book that will really help you be able to look at the very things maybe that you've, you're being stuck in a pattern or something's repeating itself or there's something that just, you know, there's an experience that you're having of yourself all the time, it won't change. Being able to start looking at it from a different angle and then walking you through a self-inquiry process so that you can dissolve it, break free and grow and grow into another space for your life. So, you know, you can come to the book with anything. It can be a pattern around your eating. It can be a pattern around relationships. It can be a pattern just in your own self-worth, you know, anything and everything. It's, it's about the human condition. And, and, and being able to teach you to have a different, a different level of consciousness around how you have been seeing things in order to start going into a deeper inquiry so that you can really begin to break free. Um, and then alongside that, I share a lot of stories, my own stories and client stories as well. It's a beautiful book. It is a beautiful book for our listeners. I highly recommend you check out the book and the cover is just divine, very colourful. Nikki, I'm curious, in your most adventurous journey, what's been one of the greatest lessons that you have learnt thus far? Oh, gosh, that's a big question. It is a big uh, question, isn't it? What's the greatest lesson that I have learnt thus far? I mean, it's so, it's a simple thing to say, but if you let it in on a very deep level, it's very deep, is 
I always trust the process. I always trust the process. I remember last year when the pandemic got declared. And I remember the same feeling landed in my body as the time as the same moment when my marriage ended or the same moment when I lost my second baby or even the same moment when I came out of addiction. I just heard, ah, I could feel the bigness of life. I could feel the, the process that was starting to happen. And I just and I just said to myself, trust this process. We do not know where this is going to take us. We do not know how this is going to look. But I trust the process. And to, to, to step into life every day, listening from that place. I mean, for me, that, that, that's like a lighthouse for me. That's like the anchor. And, and, and it never changes. It's always the same. I, I always come back to that. I I resonate with that. I, before we got on the show, I was sharing that that that's something that I always hear myself say to myself is trust the process. So I think that's also surrendering to what is going to unfold. Yes. I love that. And before we wrap up the show, Nikki, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest? Oh. I would say illumination. Oh, I love that word. Love illumination. <laughs> and the last question we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to pick three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners. They could be like three practical exercises for our audience. Okay. I think the first thing I would say is you are the source of your own experience. You are the power. I know it doesn't always feel that way, but you are. There is no one out there that will ever have more power than you have over your own life. So that is number one gold nugget. Know that you are the one with all the power. And so when it comes to your own transformation, you will be the one that will transform your life. No one's going to come and do it for you. So that's number one. Number two, in the end, it will always be your own love that will heal you. It will always come back to how much love you are willing to give to yourself. And that will be what heals. And I would say number three, we don't have to do any of this alone. Allow yourself to be supported. Hmm. Mm, I love all three, Nikki. Thank you so very much. So, Nikki, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? So you can find me on my website, www.nikkiclinch.com. Uh, I share frequently on my social media, on Instagram, Nikki underscore Clinch. Um, and I have my own podcast, Soul Surgery, uh, which is available anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And of course, my book is coming out. Um, well, it will be out in July um, and you can that will be available globally um, everywhere that sells books. So I hope to hear from you. Thank you so much. And I love the name of your podcast, Soul Surgery. That is such a cool <laughs> name. Very catchy. 
Thank you. I love it. Nikki, (laughs) I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom. I've had a few aha moments, or should I say etheric slaps. Uh, I just want to say thank you. I'm sure people are going to reach out. You're just amazing. Keep doing what you're doing and uh, really appreciate your time and your energy. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katrinplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.